Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros. We have a special guest with you today, and it is Max Cates. You guys have had him on. We have had him on uh, a couple weeks ago, and he spoke about um, the Eastern Conference semifinals. Well, all the conference semifinals. And uh, this week, he's going to talk a little bit about the conference finals matchups. So, uh, and I'm sure some some of our viewers uh, are unfamiliar with Max. So, Max, do you want to inter- introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, guys. Max Cates here. I co-created the podcast, the Eurostep Hoops podcast. It's cur- strictly basketball, strictly NBA. It's everything that I know about. And I'm just happy to be here and talk some hoops. Unfortunately, my football knowledge is absolutely terrible. I know almost nothing about it, but I'm happy to learn about it. Well, there's no worries, man. It's plenty of lear- plenty of ro- room to learn about the game. And, uh, I mean, we all started somewhere. so You came uh, to the right and, place, honestly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Come to the right place, talk some, I- talk some football, talk some basketball. And uh, you can just do the best that you can for our football content, but which we do have a lot for you guys, uh, including uh, we're going to talk about all the new additions in the busy AFC North. So a lot of talk about the AFC West, not enough about the North, which has been busy themselves, every single one, every single team. And we're going to talk about where uh, where all those teams fit in the, the hierarchy that is the AFC North. Uh and then, uh, but we're going to start with Colin Kaepernick, who has tried out for the Raiders on, I believe that was Wednesday, correct? It's not today, is it? No, I'm pre- I thought it was Wednesday, yeah. All right. Well, not much to it. Colin Kaepernick has, uh, he has not played in the league since I believe it was 2017, it was 2017. Was that his last year? I thought it was the year Patriots beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl. So the 2016 season. So 2016, tw- so, he, so he hasn't been in the league since 2016, when he was with when he was with the 49ers. He opted out of his his deal. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Colin Kaepernick uh, trying out to be on be back on an NFL team? All right, I guess I'll start. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm I'm happy for him. You know. He was out of the game for so long, and, uh, you know, he. you see, you know, we all know why he wasn't there. He voided his own deal. You know, he bet on himself. He wanted, like, a big, big contract, and frankly, at the time, he really wasn't worth it. He wanted a guaranteed starter job, which, you know, there are no – unless you're, like, Tom Brady or a huge name like that, there are no guaranteed starting jobs in the NFL. And, you know, he – and as the years went by, he didn't – you know, he wouldn't stray away from his demands. But now, now he said he's he doesn't want a, a fancy giant deal. He doesn't want to be a guaranteed starter. He just wants to be on a team. And, and you know, when he said that, you know, here come the Raiders. They're willing to give him a chance to try out. And if he makes it, you know, it's, it's good for him. You know, I'm glad he's getting a shot, you know, because now that, like I said, now that his demands really aren't ridiculous because he knows that he's been away from for six years and no one's just going to hand him a starting job. But yeah, you know, if he if he keeps his head down and he works, which you know he's worked before, he was a third round pick and he was able at one point to work to work his way up for the starter of the Niners. So if he can keep that same underdog mentality, there's no reason why he shouldn't, you know, be like maybe a second or third string quarterback. And if Derek Carr goes down, God forbid, maybe uh, maybe you get a chance. 
just a question though. Yeah. So he has not played since 2016. And given that, he must be incredibly rusty given he has not seen any real NFL defense nor, let's say, realistic NFL scrimmage. Do you maybe think his window is closing faster because he wants that respectable deal given he knows he can't produce the way he used to before? I mean, he doesn't really want like a respectable deal anymore. He doesn't want like his $20 million. Yeah, he just wants to be in the league mm-hmm. now, which is his his standards have really gotten lower. Uh, but his his uh, the see the thing is he was the last time he played in the league. Everyone talks about how he had a great year. He did throw sixteen touchdowns to four to four interceptions. However, but he didn't win to a one in ten record. Mm-hmm. He was one in ten. And then the the time he started before then before he was uh before he was benched by Blaine Gabbert he was one in four, or was it one in six? It was it was something uh, putrid. So he yeah. hasn't been able to win at all really since his first two years in the league, and the same can be said about a lot of quarterbacks out there. You know they uh we look at Matt Castle he stepped in as a backup to Tom Brady on a loaded offense, and. Uh, in 2008, went 11 and five. He made a Pro Bowl a couple years later for Kansas City, uh, and then defenses figured him out, and he was just a, a career backup from then on. And you can't. And I know, I know, there's a lot of controversy off the field with him kneeling for the national anthem and stuff like that. I'm not against people's right to protest, but there's a lot more to that than meets the eye, because I think it when you become a distraction by going out and sent and uh. And wearing uh, wearing socks with uh, with pigs and police gear, that's a little bit of a bad look for you. And you're not just going out and trying to protest like uh, uh, racism. You're just straight up disrespecting not only not only your own country, but you're disrespe- disrespecting our law enforcement. And I get it. There's there's bat there's racist cops out there. There's uh, there's police br- a police brutality problem. But you need to combat things the right way and be a respectful person about it. It, it doesn't change the fact that there are good cops out there who are actually mm-hmm. trying to do their job. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, and you know, the thing is, people are talking about, oh, why don't coaches want that in the locker room? Because let me tell you something, most coaches, they don't care about your race. They don't care about, you know, anything like that. They don't care about your income. Like NFL coaches do not care. They only care if you can play. And if you are a quarterback who went one in 10 and you want to deal over 50 million, uh, that's not happening. Like I said, you know, He's lowered his demands, and, and he got a workout. And I can't tell you if he's going to make the team or not. But you know, I'm just happy for him. You know that he got a, that he got a workout. You know, he was you know, willing to uh, get real with himself, and 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 you know, and we saw what happened. So I recently read up on the the Raiders' quarterback situation. So it says here the Raiders' 2022 free agency recap. Jonathan Hankins and a new quarterback. The Las Vegas Raiders announced the signing of Hankins and Nick Mullins. And apparently Nick Mullins will be a backup to Derek Carr. So where do you think if Kaepernick comes in, do you think he can potentially realistically work himself up to be the backup at some point? Uh, can I, can I take possible. this one? So I think he can work his way up to be a – yeah, he could – 
I, I'm not sure about a backup because Nick Mullins is a very, very even keeled uh, p- quarterback who, who can step up. And if you w- need to win a game against a lowly team, if your quarterback's banged up, then he can do that. Uh, what what Kem- what Kaepernick can do just by getting onto an NFL roster is he can get himself uh, into all these all these practice practices and and into training camp to get in front of real you know NFL eyes and. He may not start or get anywhere with the Raiders organization, but there could be another team that's desperate for a quarterback, and they say, hmm, this Colin Kaepernick kid might be able to still play. He could really help us. Uh, you know, in the Panthers of the world and the, let's say, let's say, uh, name the other. There's there's not there's not a big quarterback market, but the Panthers are the only team that comes to mind for me. Maybe and the football let me know team. Yeah, the football team, they still have or Commanders, uh, sorry, Commanders. They still have Taylor oh. Heineke. But that that's a, you know, they, they he he's just he's just do, doing he's doing himself a service just by getting just by getting onto an NFL roster and being getting in front of more NFL scouts because all he's been doing is just doing workouts for the past what, 6 excuse me, 6 years and it hasn't been helping him out because Nobody's going to see you working. You're just going to be posting on social media, which everybody does that. Semi-pro players do that. College pl- college level players do that. Everyone posts their workouts doing all the training, but people want to see results and they want to see as uh as Max mentioned, all the they want to see NFL scrimmages, you want to see NFL how you work with an NFL defense, even just a high level Alabama level uh defense like that in college. Like something like that, but just do just working out and staying in shape. That's great and all, but you need to be able to have some NFL level training because that's not, because anybody can work out and do, and uh, do some drills, but it, the real, you know, the re what we really want to see is what you can do on an NFL field. Yeah. Adam, you are hundred percent correct. And um, I'm kind of interested, you know, to see the, uh, you know the, the transition from just working out to maybe maybe he cracks like the pra- maybe cracks like the practice squad or something like that because i feel if you look at 2016 and you know we're about to go into the 2022 2023 nfl season i feel like the game is a lot better suited to his skill this is truly the age of the mobile quarterback which he is and i feel like that also kind of gives him a leg up exactly it's I'm I'm rooting I'm pulling for him to do well and get back in the league if he just if he just you know stays out of trouble and if he can if he can play play some sort of productive football then he could find he could I mean it, like I said it won't be on the Raiders because the the Raiders do have plans with Derek Carr unless something crazy happens like a like a an injury where uh, Colin Kaepernick happened to work work up to the number to the to the backup spot and Kaepernick has to walk has to step in like the Tom Brady Drew Bledsoe thing or we could look uh, to look at more recent like uh, Dak Prescott to Tony Romo but highly unlikely uh, if if he gets if he earns another's chance uh, this is kind of more of a stepping stone uh, the way I see it you know like he's not he he's not looking to, and I'm sure he, if if he could be a starter on the on the Raiders, that would be great. But he's looking just to get on an NFL roster, to get which would get 
in front of more scouts and they can say, oh, look, this kid can play and we need a quarterback. Why not try him out? Let's see how it works out. And, you know, you go from there. Something like that. Actually, and also we we mentioned uh, we mentioned the, the Washington football team. Excuse me. The commanders. Uh, they they don't just have Taylor Heineke. And I, com- I I should not have forgotten this. They also have Carson Wentz. Oh, I completely right, forgot right. about that guy. <laughs> oh yeah, well, well, look, that by itself says a lot, no? Yeah, it. I and I feel really bad for Carson Wentz because I think the issue is that he his st- the standards around the league for his play just skyrocketed after that second year when he had when he nearly won league MVP had he not torn his ACL. And ever since he hasn't been able to play up to that standard. And it was just, it was just a great year for him, really a career year. And it was uncharacteristic, clearly an outlier. And, you know, he's still played serviceable, serviceable ball besides that during his career. And a lot of, a lot of his poor play uh, during a lot of his career had to do with the Eagles, just not being able to protect him. And now it's just getting to a point where people are just like, especially the Colts organization. I'm for like some people were saying some stuff about him and saying, well, we needed a change. The uh, we needed Matt Ra- Matt Ryan, who's their the Colts res- replacement, as much as they needed him. And it, like I mean, we talk about how Colin Kaepernick. Some people try to talk about Colin Kaepernick's mistreated. Carson Wentz, man, I feel really bad for him. Um, apparently, he has been doing an incredible job in practices with. Um with this new team. So hopefully he does well because I'm reading an article and it's the first thing I read, he's got a cannon. So let's see, let's see how it turns out. And I'm sure it will work out. I, I, I will, I will die on this Hill and saying that Carson Wentz is a very underrated quarterback, a quarterback mm-hmm. who is called under overrated so much that he becomes underrated. Yeah. And, uh, I, I really am pulling for Carson Wentz to do to do good. But next, we are we want to talk about some of the additions that were made in the AFC North this offseason, more recently with the Browns and the Baltimore Ravens and how they all stack up against each other in their division. Mm-hmm. That's coming up next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Madero, special guest Max Cates. So, the AFC North is has been one of the one of the one of those divisions that just hasn't been spoken up about enough, mainly because of the AFC West, which is uh, in in case you haven't um, in case you don't know, Max, uh, the teams that are in the AFC North are the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cincinnati Bengals. 
the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. So it, it actually, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are a team that is by many projected to be uh, the last place finishing team, they're projected to be last, which kind of tells you a lot about wh- where this division is trending. And, they, and it's not to say that Pittsburgh had, had lost too much by any means. They've, they picked a quarterback to replace their aging one, their aging Ben Roethlisberger in the first round. And uh, they got uh, they made some additions on the defense. I know they got Miles Jack in free agency. Uh, and then the, Bengal, the, the Bengals have worked on that offensive line, and they addressed the secondary in the draft. Then you have the Baltimore Ravens who worked on that offensive line. They lost Marquise Brown, which is going to be a killer for them as a, on the the wide on the offensive end for a wide receiver. They still have Rashad Bateman though, but that defense looks incredible for the Ravens. And then the Browns, of course, they got Deshaun Watson, one of the better uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the league a couple just a couple years ago uh, before all the stuff happened with him off the field and requesting a trade and just saying, I don't want to play for the Texans anymore. And it's just, it's just incredible. And uh, more, most recently what happened was uh, the, uh, the Browns re-signed their, uh, one of their defensive ends, uh, Jadavion Clowney, who is, who was an incredible counterpart to, their star defensive end in Miles Garrett. And then they, the Ravens, I, be, I believe it was just hours later, they signed uh, cornerback Kyle Fuller. So he did have a down year with, uh, with, the, with the Broncos. Um, and it looks like a little bit of aging, but he's at a point where he could still come back and, ha- and reclaim his old form from Chicago where he was a Pro Bowl corner. And one of the better corners in the game I mean, I know I had him as one of our one of our top corners, but uh, so CJ, I'll start with you. I'll ask you, which of these teams is most likely to come out in, on top and win this AFC North division? Honestly, I, I gotta say the Bengals. I really do. Be, look, I mean, they just went to a Super Bowl, and look, I know Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. Everyone's hyping up the Ravens because, you know, they're getting healthy. The Browns just got Deshaun Watson. But the Bengals, they literally just went to the Super Bowl. And they addressed their weakness. They beefed up the offensive line. They got guys like Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, and Leo Collins. And they got Cam Taylor Britt and Daxton Hill in, like, the first two, three rounds like of the NFL draft. You know, like that—that's huge. And you know, they're—they're they're patching up their defensive backfield. They majorly fixed the O line, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for them. I really am. And I'm not, you know, technically sleeping on the Ravens or the Browns, but I'm seeing all this hype. Like, oh, Lamar's coming back healthier. Oh, the Browns got Watson. I'm like, come on, one of these teams just went to a Super Bowl. Come on, we can't just forget about them that easily. Look. I completely agree with you on the Bengals. That looks like the best team, but because you picked the Bengals, I'm going to go in a different route and I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland Browns have a proven quarterback now. 
and it's a big upgrade for them from Baker Mayfield. And uh, that you also added, you also basically upgraded at wide receiver. I know you don't have the depth that you did, but Amari Cooper is better than Odell Beckham Jr. at this point in his career. Maybe not earlier, but at this point in his career, Amari Cooper is better. And he's better than Jarvis Landry, who I still think they should not have cut. They should have at least tried to restructure the deal so that you wouldn't have have this depth issue. But look at that running game for them. You have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's that's just as good, if not better, a running game than the than the Cincinnati Bengals. And to be honest, Joe Mixon, he, this was his only real elite year. I mean, he's always been a solid running back, but he's never been elite like he was this year. And Nick Chubb has been elite. And uh, Kareem Hunt, before he before he decided to have some issues with domestic violence off the field. Uh, he was an elite. He was an elite running back, and he's been very, very serviceable for them. And let's not forget that defense that is looking amazing now that they got Jadavion Clowney, and you you still have Miles Garrett. I love Denzel Ward. They have some young pieces in that secondary. Just everywhere you look, that team has talent, and the offensive line again is one as looking like among the best in the league. I just can't. I just think this is a very stable team, and I know this team is going to be very successful, uh, barring any any significant injuries. And of course, if Deshaun Watson misses time uh, for a suspension, then that's a possibility. But even then, they could still find a way to try to win games and be be able to be up there. Uh, I th- I think they have a good chance at winning the division. Like I said, I think I think the the Cincinnati Bengals are a great pick, but. I have to go a different direction. I can't just agree with you. That makes sense. Oh, by the way, we were talking about how thin the Browns may be at wide receiver. I'm realizing their wide receiver room, I don't think is uh, as bad as we might believe. So I I pulled up, you know, some of their bigger names. Obviously you have Amari's number one, but I don't hate the rest of it. Donovan Peoples Jones, you know, he's He's starting to. And uh, the ever underrated uh, Jakeem Grant, you know, scary speedster there. And I realized they drafted that a uh, wide receiver from Purdue, David Bell, in like the third round. I want to say I don't know, but yeah, I was pretty high on Bell coming out of the draft. And like honestly, I I don't hate their receiver room. I mean, it's a lot of underrated guys, but I definitely think one of them is going to step up. Because like I said Grant's got the speed. Peoples Jones has proven, and Bell could prove to be a dynamic playmaker right out of the gate. Yeah. So I it. Those all could be serviceable receivers. My only concern is, can one of those step up and be the wide receiver too? Can I'm one of those guys go really come, go out there and go for like 700, 800 yards and a few touchdowns? Oh, absolutely. And I imagine that's Peoples-Jones, honestly. You think Peoples-Jones can do that? Absolutely, I, I, I do. He'll get more targets. That mm-hmm. that much will be Hence. that much will be sure because they don't have Beckham in uh, Landry anymore. It's going to be outside of Amari Cooper. Who else is going to get the targets? I believe they have uh they now they they cut they cut that one and I'm forgetting I'm I'm looking at tight end right now. Oh, now it's they, the Austin Hooper you're thinking of they got rid of cuz he was on a stupid contract. Yeah, they cut Hooper and they gave uh they, they gave cut. their other they they gave David Njoku. They gave him the franchise tag, which yeah. I found to be a little 
it was intriguing to say yeah. the least. Yeah, apparently they believe in him, and I'm hearing that that they're trying to work on an extension with him. He's a solid. I I like him, and I liked him when he first burst onto the scene. However, I think I liked Austin Hooper a little better. Austin, I, think I did. Yeah, well, they're both inconsistent, so you know, pick your poison, yeah. But you know, and he can also be he could also be their their number two uh, pass uh, you know pass catcher target. He could be that guy. So they have a couple pieces who can step up. They could also look to free agency if they want. And a kid, and I, I mentioned this during our last episode on Tuesday. Uh, Will Fuller is still out there. Wide receiver Will Fuller, who had an incredible rapport with Deshaun Watson back during back uh, looking back during their uh, their their Houston days. And if if Will Fuller were to stay healthy, which it's very hard for him to stay healthy, and the one time, the one time he actually he was he he would manage to stay you know not injury prone. Turns out he was popped for steroids, so that might have explained a few things. <laughs> but uh, Max, I know you're not the biggest NFL guy, but do you uh, do you have any thoughts on this division? Um, I do not have a lot of thoughts. However, I do know Joe Burrow and the Bengals, you know, as you guys said, Super Bowl last year. And if, if we're looking at this realistically, I don't see why the Bengals shouldn't make the Super Bowl again, if anything, at least the round before. However, I would not count out Lamar Jackson, knowing he is one of the people or one of the quarterbacks that got me a little bit more interested into the NFL. So... Don't count out Lamar Jackson. Hot take. Understood. But uh, speaking of Lamar Jackson, you know this is the AFC North we're talking about after all. Uh, he's gone from OTAs, and they're not even close on an extension. And Lamar so, literally said he doesn't want an extension right now. He just wants you know, to like play it by ear, see how the season goes. And if you're a Ravens fan, I would be terrified. Because after you traded away Hollywood... And if you've seen some of his statements, it doesn't – I could be completely wrong, but it doesn't seem like he wants to be there anymore. Do you maybe think that something – the office knows something that's going on behind closed doors? Because maybe – Oh, absolutely. Maybe they do. trying to hit the reset button but not make it obvious. Unless I don't it, know about the reset button, but obviously the front office knows something we don't because, you know, they're an NFL front office. They traded – uh, apparently a really yeah. good player that should not have left. So that kind of mm-hmm. maybe gives you a sign of what's what direction they're going to. I mean, they've built most of the team around Lamar, so I, I don't really know. But I'm just saying, if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm not saying hit the panic button, but I'd be concerned. What I will say about that uh, that Ravens team is they are built around the running game a little more. I know, I know our, our pal Justin Tucker, who is a who is a diehard Ravens fan, likes to try and say otherwise, but they're they're a run first team. And Marquise Brown, as I mentioned during our last episode on Tuesday, he he's a well, he he's a he was a fish out of water there. It just didn't work. He's a deep threat wide receiver where you need to target him in order for him to put up numbers, and he just it just didn't work. And he, I know he had a decent year his last season in Baltimore, but I think I think Marquise Brown's going to flourish in Arizona, and I, I think the Ravens won't be as bad as we might think without Marquise Brown. They also have Rashad Bateman to work in that in that receiving core. They have uh, 
excuse me, they have Andrew, they have Andrew, uh, uh, they have, they have Mark Andrews and then uh, they're a little thin past that, but they could, they could add some pieces there. But I think, I think that's a team that can, that can remain competitive as long as Lamar Jackson returns to the team. I, I hope he comes back. He's, you know, he, he seems like he wants to, he would, he want he's, he, he has enjoyed his time as a Raven. I'll, I'll say that much. I don't know if he wants to stay there now, but you know, I I also don't want to, maybe I just don't want to, maybe I'm just saying this because I don't want to deal with a, with a cranky uh, Justin Tucker uh, for, for a few weeks because he's not going to be happy for a very long time. If Lamar Jackson leaves. Well, I mean, I think Joe Flacco's still kicking around. You can probably get that. <laughs> Go and get him back. I mean, they just got him in 2018. How do you not get this guy back? Do you think like there there has to be something else up? Like, do does they do they maybe not think there, there's a cap on Lamar Jackson's game? I mean, you got it. You have to commit to your franchise quarterback if he is that. I mean, he was an MVP, but I mean, but see, here's the thing. You know, with these mobile quarterbacks, they tend to get hurt more, and I can understand maybe the hesitancy to sign him. But at the same time, you got to sign him. He's your franchise quarterback. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting how uh also uh I'm I'm just getting a uh I'm just getting a uh a notification from Adam Schefter. Uh this is way off topic but saying uh the Falcons have signed former running back tight former Titans running back Jeremy McNichols who actually put up some good statistics. He was mm. pretty solid for the Titans stepping in for Derrick Henry. I'm not sure what I off the top of my head I'm not sure what the Falcons uh backfield is. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I don't want to get off topic, but Lamar Jackson, uh, as much as I really, I get on him being a run first quarterback saying that run first quarterbacks really can't win in this league, uh, to the extent that the, the, the pocket passers do, but like you got it. If he's your franchise guy, if you believe in him, you got to make that guy happy and you have to give him, he doesn't even want to be extended. It sounds like he, at least not now. Yeah, like, he said not now. He just wants to wait till the end of the year. And I and, swear to God, if the Ravens use the franchise tag and Lamar sits out, I'm going to roll my eyes so hard they're going to come out of my head. Yeah, it's and and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did they exercise his fifth year option? I do not believe so. Okay, so does that mean he? So that means he's he's hitting the open market. It would look that way. You know what? Hold on. Let me look it up. All right. Uh, while you're looking that up, I do want to. I, I I just want to go around the table talking about all of the all of the. Uh, oh, wait. Want, uh, hold on. Uh, no, apparently they did exercise his fifth year option before. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. It says here Ravens exercise Lamar Jackson's contract option. Yep. So they did exercise his fifth year option. So he'll be so he'll be on so he'll be on the on the team through the 2023 season. So he it's not like he's they don't have too much urgency. It's getting down to the wire, but he's it still has some he still has some uh they still have some time to work things out. Uh looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They signed Miles Jack. Uh they went out they they went out and they got Mitch Trubisky at first to replace uh Ben Roethlisberger, who is a who is a former first round pick. He's a serviceable quarterback. He was on the Bills last to back up Josh Allen. 
Then they went in the first round of the draft and they got Kenny Pickett, who is, I mean, we don't, CJ, you and I, we do not like this quarterback class. Do, mm. do you see any, is there any chance that Kenny Pickett works out? I mean, yeah, there's a, there's certainly a chance. I mean, he's got the weapons around him. You know, he's got guys like, oh, what's his name? Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. They just got George Pickens in the draft. They have Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris. The line looks a little bit better. But it's all going to be – and, you know, the defense is scary, but it's going to be on Pickett. That's the thing. It's going to all be on Kenny Pickett. And, look, Mike Tomlin's a good coach. He's never gone below 500. But at the same time, I just don't know. Maybe it could be like a Tom Brady's, like, you know, second year or first year starting situation. Or, you know, you just you use Pickett as a game manager and just rely on your defense. But I don't know. He is upside, but just might be a rough learning curve. But I could be wrong. But then again, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm i not thrilled for Pittsburgh, but, but I'm not going to completely discount it. I mean, it's more likely than not that it's not going to work out. That's my final answer. I won't close the door on anything, but it's not looking very encouraging, to be honest. Pittsburgh was the team that I was looking at to say that they should. That is an that was an underrated team to go in and look at uh, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers this offseason, or even uh, even I'm uh, I'm uh, Deshaun Watson. They should have gotten one of those. They should have went out to try and get one of those quarterbacks, and it's it appeared that. Pittsburgh was just so in love with this quarterback draft that they said, you know what? No, we're going to, we're just going to go young and try and, and look to the draft to get our quarterback. I thought that was a mistake because when you're looking at finding your franchise guy, your quarterback for the next few years, you can't just take them from any quarterback draft. You have to find that guy and you need to be you have to make sure that he is that guy because it's because to, to go out and draft a quarterback is a commitment. You have to make sure you have to go through it. it. The typically the standard in the league is about three years. Sometimes they don't go the full three years, but it's still a commitment. And I mean, I don't want to waste three years of my life. Do you? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like that's that's a long time. Like that's like I I want that time back in my life. I want to I want to make sure if we're rebuilding that it is product it is a productive time rebuilding. And when you get into contention, that you are it is a prediction a productive time being in contention and getting some championships. And if th- if this guy isn't the guy, if you're just gonna go into the into any quarterback draft and just take them and just if it works it works. If it doesn't, oh well, we'll go to the next draft or we'll try to we'll go and sign the next Mitch Trubisky. Like what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, what are we doing here? If that's if that's going to be the case, that's just that doesn't work. Like, you can't just half-ass this thing. This is a, this is the quarterback. This is the quarterback position, the most important play uh, position on the field. The guy who runs the show on offense and helps the defense. If your you know if your offense is a good offense and keeps your defense off the field, they won't be tired. Like the, it they it all bleeds down to the whole roster. And you're just going to half-ass that position? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel right. Also, <laughs> side note, am I the only one who just can't unsee the idea that uh, Kenny Pickett has tiny hands? Like when I look at Kenny Pickett, when I f- picture him in his head, I picture this guy holding a holding a ball and he has these tiny little hands. 
big guy, I, little hands. That's not something I uh, think of. That's you know, it's not how I open my breakfast. But uh, but yeah, I know they're smaller than average. I kind of feel like it's a bit of an overhyped issue. There's someone's like, well, it's actually a big deal. Like, well, maybe if your hands are like five inches across, but still, like, I just I feel like it's being made a bit of a bigger deal than it actually is. Probably. And Joe Bur- and Joe Burrow also made it put out a tweet. I forgot when he put it out. He said, pray for, pray for me. Nothing wrong with me, but I have tiny hands. NFL career is going to suck. Something like that. And it was like right before his it was right before the draft. And it turns out that that kid could ball. And even when the even in his rookie year, when the team was kind of lackluster, he was still able to put up some statistics and show flashes. And it turns out that that was for real because he made made a Super Bowl. The only reason I'm I'm a little skeptical about the Bengals and I, I, I don't like getting into lazy analysis. And it feels like it really feels like lazy analysis when I talk about a Super Bowl hangover. But it is real. It and it always happens. And it's not to say that it that it can't that it they can't uh, they can't break that little curse and or that narrative and go out and, and win a, go back and win a Super Bowl or at least be respectable. But it almost always happens. There's there's been only a couple of instances where a team has has been able to get back and make the Super Bowl, let alone win it. I mean, there's the there's the Patriots, but the Patriots are a buttoned up organization. They're always in it. They they know they're they've been there been there done that. And I think then there was the there was the Dolphins a couple, like a few decades ago, and that was about it. Hmm. I know the Cowboys have gone back to back too. Well, then again, Buffalo went four times in a row. They never won, but they still won four times in a row. Yeah. But, uh, but then, but on the flip side, you look at teams like the Broncos. Their most recent Super Bowl, they've never even went back to the playoffs. The Falcons, the Eagles, you know, stuff like that. Certainly. Um, yeah, so we'll find out how, how things go with that, uh, with that division, very tough division that hasn't been talked about enough. I just wanted to talk about it just because, uh, there were a lot of, there were a couple of moves that happened and it got me thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, this is a pretty tough division and the AFC West, which is filled with loaded teams. They get too much credit. And I'm thinking, you know, it's not, well, it's, it's justified, but still. You got to you got to give some love to that to that other division. But uh I want to move on to our basketball content with Max and he will lead our segment talking about the conference finals matchups in the NBA. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski podcast. This is Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros with you, and special guest Max Cates. We have, uh, so we're on to our guest segment, and Max Cates has a little bit to talk about with the NBA Conference Finals matchups. So, Max, what do you got? 
All right. So as of today, the day we're recording this, the Celtics are currently up 3-2 against the Miami Heat. And my God, this game five was very close to becoming a snooze fest for me. As a Celtics fan watching the first quarter, I have never wanted to turn off a TV as much as I did. Uh, Jalen Brown turning it over so many times. As you talked about previously with the small hands, I kind of felt like Jalen Brown had that same thing, dribbling into traffic like it's nothing. But, you know, Jalen Brown always steps it up late in games. We've noticed it in the Milwaukee series, and we have especially noticed it in this Miami series now. Game six is not today, but the day, the day after. So what do you guys think are the odds of the Celtics closing this out in six, knowing that this is a team that normally wins games after a loss because they're undefeated coming off a loss? So I'll, so I can, I can start. Uh, I think I think the Celtics have the Celtics have been great in games that are must win games. And they did they did surprise me by winning last game. I thought there was there was a chance they were like they could just turtle and it looked like they were going to do that in the sec, in the first half. The second half they picked it up and they realized maybe we want to close this out in 6. And I think this is another this is going to be another game that they need to win. And it's not to say that I don't think that they could that the Heat can win on the road. They can absolutely or excuse me, the Celtics can win on the road. They can absolutely do that. They've won both they've won two of their three games uh th- during this playoff series on the road. And they also won two games uh in Milwaukee in the last series. So they they have proven to be able to win on the road, but I just think I just think it's a better position for the Celtics if they just win it right here. Here and now, not just for this series, but for next series, because you have two players who have been in and out of the lineups with who have been hampered with injuries in Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. And it would be great to give them some rest because you need to be rested up for and let's face it, you're going to get Golden State if if you have them. And I don't want to look too much to the future to the future because this this series is far from over. But I just think it gives it gives the heat too much. Like to game seven in your house. Game seven is one of those games uh, in any playoff series, in any sport where anything can happen. And the Celtics are top to bottom better team than the Heat. They have a better defense. They have better size. Uh, they they have a better ability to score, especially with the state of their of their uh, their star power. Jimmy Butler's clearly not right, and Tyler Hero has been hasn't been able to return to the lineup for a couple of games. This is you should have this get this team, but if this goes to seven, anything can happen. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I would be scared if this got to seven because the Miami Heat are one of those teams that the more you grind it out, the better you become. We saw Jimmy Butler in the finals in the bubble, tired but still dropped 40. But uh, less about that, but Tyler Hero, in my opinion right now is one of the biggest factors despite not playing for the Heat. You clearly, clearly saw how much the Heat missed their sixth man of the year. They they just couldn't buy a bucket. It was ap- it was crazy to see Lowry couldn't hit a shot. Struess could barely hit anything. Duncan Robinson finally getting a few minutes, and you see that he knocked down a few shots. But you see also how important this Celtics defense is 
more than anything, do you see how incredible Robert Williams is when he's guarding Bam Adebayo? Robert Williams can cover more ground than an airplane over a runway, you know, blocking Gabe Vincent's left corner three-pointer in the first half. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. I've never seen him be able to block – sorry. I've never seen him be able to block shots – I've never seen a player be able to block shots like that before, where it's like it's on its way up and he's just smacking it out of the wow. It's like he he has springs under his legs, but I get a little bit nervous for him because when he was a rookie in the league, he struggled with injuries a lot early in his career. I remember one time during the bubble, he came out of an injury, did a putback dunk and landed on his back. And I'm like, well, that's a Robert Williams play. You know, that's the kind of play that he would do, but fair play to him. He has found an all-defensive second team, and it's incredible to see how all the Celtics just mesh well together. And every player, or at least the players who get somewhat minutes, at some point have stepped it up. Look at Peyton Pritchard during versus Milwaukee, and look at Derek White. He was Derek White was single-handedly keeping us in the game in the first quarter yesterday. Yeah, You're absolutely right. Us, I'm sorry. CJ, CJ, you give your take. Yeah, so when I look at the Celtics, it's just we got to close it out in six. We have to. The Garden is going to be electric, and it's just they don't have Tyler Hero. Jimmy Butler is clearly hurting. This is your chance to strike. You know, these teams can put away, a, you know, like championship caliber teams can put away their opponents in big games, and that's what we got to do. But, I mean, I kind of want to highlight Jimmy Butler I think, like, coming from all, like, the last three games, he shot under 30% from the field. For example, last night, literally went four of 18. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, that. that's not good, you know, for your, uh, for, you know, the guy who was uh, snubbed from the All-NBA teams. Notice, if you're listening, I just put up air quotes. I mean, Kyle Lowry, like you said, couldn't, you know, couldn't score on anything. You know, he went like, what was it, 0 of 6 from the field, something like that. And yeah, some Brown those... and Tatum combined for 47 points. And it's just, no matter how the season ends, I have to appreciate how far the Celtics have come. I mean, it was all like, oh, the Jays can't coexist. You're going to have to trade one of them. Not anymore. We're showing they can coexist and they can and will drop at least 20 points a night. Both, uh, both of them. And and it's like, and there are some people out there who still say, well, we gotta get rid of one. No, I'm sorry. We're putting that narrative to bed. It's over. It's gone. If you still believe that, you just don't know basketball. Either that or you need a lobotomy. But but I but Al Horford, though, Al Horford has just been a monster this series. I mean, what what was it like last night? I mean, 16.7 rebounds, five assists. Not bad for an old man. And you have that enforcer down low, Robert Williams. And this is all without the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. So these Celtics, they're a scrappy team. They will, they could go out, they could drop points almost at will, you know, with Brown and Tatum. And, you know, you got the reigning defensive player of the year, two big enforcers with Williams and Horford. And they got back to their identity. They're a gritty, punch you in the mouth, defense first kind of team. And that's the mentality we have to embody. And like Adam, I don't want to look too far into the future, but if we play Golden State, the only way we're going to win is that we got to be physical. We have to put Curry and Clay on their butt. You know, we got to got to chip them. We got to like body them. We just have to keep playing that physical punch you in the mouth kind of defense. 
which has been their play style, really. Mm-hmm. Look, look, I know just you, you want to. Don't, don't, just don't. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Go with what works. Yeah, that's their identity. That's what they've settled on, and that's what they're gonna. That's what they're gonna do for the remainder of these playoffs. And whether it works out, they're gonna they're gonna live by it and they're gonna die by it. But look, I understand. I understand being happy with how far they've gone. I'm definitely proud of this Celtics team. However, my my expectations for them they gotta they gotta make it to the finals and maybe win it. They it's been way too long of a rebuild. And the, this team is finally starting to click. Everything has gone your way up until this point in the in the um, uh, in this playoffs. Uh, you went into Mil- against Milwaukee. It went seven. There was no Chris Middleton. You went into you went into uh, you you went into this series against the Heat. There was no Kyle Lowry for a while. There, uh, Jimmy Butler's gotten hurt and he's banged up. Tyler Hero's been in and out of the lineup. Um, like this is this is all just worked all in your favor. And Robert Williams, he, it's a miracle that he's that he's been playing to any any sort of extent with the with the severity of the injury. So just everything's lining up great. The team is mesh is meshing in the way in a way that it hasn't in the entire time that we've had all these these star players. And you they they have if there's any year they got to do it, it's got to be now. And there's going to eventually be a point. And I said this the last time. We we were talking about the Celtics with uh, with Max on the show. If they don't win it now, there's going to be a chance where the team is going to be lackluster in a couple of uh, maybe next year and the year after that. And then there this then Brown or Tatum is going to say, uh, "Can I really win here? Can I really? Can I, maybe I can just go over to this team that's looking to maybe I'll go to the Mavericks and play with Luka Luka Doncic. Maybe I'll go to this other team." And and I'll form a super team here. This is like this is what LeBron James did. He came to the conclusion that Cleveland, you can't win in Cleveland, so he left. He uh, Kevin Durant, he came to the conclusion he can't win in OKC, so he left. And this is going to get to a point. And, and player movement is as bad as it's ever been. And it, that's what that's what's going to happen. Is one of those play, one of your star players in Brown or Tatum is going to leave if you can't. If if they come to a conclusion that you can't win in in Boston, okay, that's interesting to say the least. Uh, however, if Brown, let's say, if if realistically, I don't I don't think either player should leave, but realistically, Jalen Brown would be the one to leave, but he's not, definitely not. I hope also, I hope not. I don't think we would not get anything near the value of him in return. Let's be realistic here. Uh-huh. We would not I get agree. anything. Also, what I really commend about the Celtics and what I don't think people talk about is the fact that our core have played together of Smart, Tatum, and Brown. We have played together for quite a few years now. Some of these teams that have won chips in these past few years only played together one year and won it. Look at the LeBron and AD Lakers in the bubble. First year together, they won. And then the year after that, I believe, yeah, Bucks with Chris Milton and Giannis, they played together for eight years. So the Celtics are kind of like a middle ground of we have played together with experience, but we're still young, young and up and coming. Remember, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're not older than 25. They're 24, 23, respectively. They're not even close to their prime. So to see that they are like this, where in a league where, let's be real here, the talent is getting younger. We're, we're seeing middle schoolers throw windmills like it's nothing. Okay. So the town is getting younger. The game is getting faster. 
And what do you get? All these many points, all these more opportunities to shine. And that's where you have to, that's where the defense comes in with the Celtics. They kind of found a way to counter this fast style of play with seven, and I'm going to say seven, good one-on-one on-ball defenders, which is what has been getting us this far. We crowd the paint and we are not one of the best teams in guarding the corner threes. We saw PJ Tucker and Duncan Robinson punish us last game with this, but it's great to see that the Celtics are playing so well versus a Heat team that, in my opinion, just aren't that versatile on offense. Because let's face it, they have Butler who can score but not hit the three ball as well. They have Robinson, but he can't really score inside. They have P.J. Tucker, cannot really score inside. However, we have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, our two main guys. They can score in a plethora of ways, inside, outside, mid-range, off the dribble. And that's where the Celtics kind of has the edge for me in this series. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I and I I have the Celtics winning this series, but that's that's what I that's what I'm saying. It'd be all the more di- which makes it all the more disappointing if they lose it. And I just I just I expect I ex- going into this going into this postseason, and I've I've held this up to now. If they they need to make they need to at least at the very very least make the NBA Finals, and I might want them to even uh, I I might want them to even win it. To, to, you know, to uh, validate Boston as a winning as a place where you can actually win, and um, I'm hearing I'm hearing reports that uh, there's a possibility that well, and while I want nothing to do with Kyrie Irving in this in this town, there's a possibility that Kevin Durant might not pl- be playing for the for the Nets. I'd love for him to be a I'd love for him to be a Celtic. I, I don't have any no, beef with no. I have no beef with but with Kevin Durant. I have none. It, it might no, have been I don't a, have any either, but still no, he would ruin the chemistry of this team. Why is that? Oh look, it's just he's uh, I just I don't like it. I really don't. We have a good thing going. We don't need another ball dominant player. We have the Jays. We need more people that can maybe take threes and space the floor. Durant, I mean he could be the guy, but we that would mean we would have three ball dominant players, and that is not what we need. He'll have to Especially be especially because Durant doesn't try on defense, and if he'll he's just an have to be player, an off ball player, he he will not do that. He's well, not then if he does, if if he doesn't, then then I guess I guess then don't. Oh well, just don't. Oh well, I guess he's not playing then. Guess he's not playing in um, Boston. I think yes. Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn will slowly disintegrate because I recently read up that Brooklyn they're not going to be offering Kyrie Irving an extension. Oh, they yeah, they yeah. I heard I, that I too. saw they might, but I know they're not going to offer him the five-year max that he wants. And honestly, why would you? He's always hurt, and he's extremely unreliable. Heck, for half the season, he just disappears. There's radio silence. No one knows where he is. I agree. It, we're getting and we're getting a little off topic here. But before we end the show, I want to talk a little bit more about uh about uh the con the other conference finals matchup. I know there's not too much going on with that, but maybe the future of the Mavericks team and this Golden State Warriors team going forward. First, though, uh, Ian Rappaport just tweeted on Cal uh, Cal. Uh, Colin Kaepernick's workout with the Raiders that we just talked about in the beginning of the show sounds like it well went well and he impressed. So the door mm. is open. So if he impressed the Raiders, like I said, he could get on that team 
and he could find a way on another on another roster where they actually need help at quarterback because I mean the Raiders really they're they're kind of set there. That quarterback room's all right. Uh but I wanted to get your thoughts on on the the other conference finals matchup. The Warriors scare me. Plain and simple. As a Celtics fan, they scare me to death. Not solely for the fact for their offense, but the fact that they have they don't have as much to lose on offense when you think about it. They can have mech games like 4 out of 10s, 5 out of 10s, but still be close. They can do that. And with the Mavericks, if they do the same thing, they lose by 20 just because the Warriors have that championship DNA. They have had rings. They have been to the finals. Remember, Draymond Green talked about this saying, we've been here before. This is what a championship team does. And as a Celtics fan, it scares me because with our group of guys, we've never been to the NBA finals before. So I'm a, I'm worried as a Celtics fan. However, as an NBA fan, it's going to be great to watch the Warriors again in the finals. Don't get me wrong. The Warriors have a – I would not be surprised if the Warriors end the series in five or six. They are just that good. And you can even argue that this team they have now is better than the Kevin Durant team that they had. You can potentially argue that, in my opinion. Yeah. It's potentially. Potentially. Just because they have three, four 20-point-per-game scores, they have a lot of versatility on defense. <laughs> And they're even playing young rookies in Kaminga and Moody who have been doing excellent in the limited minutes they've had. I just, I, so I just think it's harder to rely on. So Kevin Durant versus Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, they are two, which makes it harder to go to cover all of them. But I, I find it hard to rely on, on Wiggins and Poole when they haven't really been there. And Kevin Durant has, and that's that's the difference that I hold between those Warriors teams before and these and these Warriors teams now, uh, and which is why I rely solely on uh, Clay Thompson, Kevin uh, Steph Curry, and uh, and Draymond Green mm-hmm. to win that series against the against uh, whichever team comes out of the East. I'm not I'm not jinxing anything yet, uh, but I, I want to touch on the Mavericks briefly. That's a team I think that really needs. That team really needs another a second score, and I thought that was going to be Chris Stapp's Porzingis. It, it turns out the injuries have gotten to him too much, and this and the kid it just hasn't worked out. But they need another guy behind Luka Luka Doncic because they it just it just hasn't like they they haven't even been able to stack up even even in the slightest against this Golden State Warriors team. And if you're going to win with Luka Doncic, then you need you need some more talent to surround him with. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Luka can score. You know, he can do it all. But the Mavs also have to get better defensively. They're not a very good defensive team. And we all know Luka does not have much interest in playing defense. So not only do you have to get better, not only do you need another score, you have to tighten up your defense. The Mavs... Let me tell you something right now. They are one Luka Doncic away from not even being a play-in team. I agree. And, hey, like, it's- you can't – It's it kind of reminds me of, like, LeBron in his early days on the Cavs. If it's kind And I want to touch on what Adam said. If you don't give a guy like Luka the support he needs, he will leave. He will he will demand a trade. Hey, all I'm saying is don't disrespect Spencer Dinwiddie like this. He has been a bucket ever since he came in Dallas. Don't get me wrong. Some inconsistencies here and there. But he has overall been so better 
than Porzingis has been in Washington. Yeah, I mean, that's all well and good, but, like, is he really your second scorer? He's a good scorer, but overall second option? Not really, no. Isn't it that kid Brunswick? Is it Brunswick? He is Br- Brunson. 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 Sorry. Yeah, he's I'm not too familiar, contract, but he's their the second. He's their. Uh, he he's uh, he's their. I believe isn't he their second leading scorer at 16 points a game, around there. I believe so. That that that's fairly accurate. Yes, Jalen Brunson, however, is rumored to get a contract elsewhere. He is earning himself a bag right now, and the Knicks are very interested in him. So right now he's just playing himself into a contract and. But in my opinion, what the Mavericks really need is a defensive center, a big center. Uh, Powell, he's not really getting the job done as well as I would want him to. And they also have Vinny Smith and Kleber. They're, they're centers. They're big. They're, they're tall, sure, but they're not physical. They're not really those rebounding paint presence centers that you need when Doncic get, gets beat off the dribble. Or when Dinwiddie gets beat off the dribble, or when six foot Brunson gets beat off the dribble. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you're right. They have they have solid role players. What they're missing is the star talent past uh, past Luka Doncic, and you need you need at least two or three stars uh, to to truly be able to contend. I know uh, I'm I'm forgetting his name. The guy before the guy from before him, the Dallas Mavericks team. Uh, Dirk, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki, oh, yeah, that guy, that guy, one yeah. of the lone exception exceptions to that rule, but I still would rather play into, uh, the way most teams do it, which is that you have several stars rather than just working with like one or two. Um, but yeah, that's all I'm saying. I think they need more star power besides, uh, besides Luka Doncic. And uh, I think Luca, if you are going to be a star player in this league, like a legitimate all-star level player in this league, two things I have on him. Number one, you gotta be have better shot selection, man. You can't just have a poor shooting night and then just then just have all your fans come out and make excuses saying, "Well, he just he's only a bad shooter because he has poor shot selection." Well, like what the hell is that? Like, isn't that part, is that not part of being a good shooter is deciding when is a good time to shoot and not when you have Mm -hmm. two defenders in your face. Uh, Number two, he needs to work on his defense. You have to, you can't just be a one way player. This is, that's like a James Harden type thing. And James Harden, I can't, I can't stand the guy. I'm sorry. He he's, he's a great offensive, uh, offensive player in the regular season. But once when, when all the chips are pushed towards the middle of the table, he's not the guy. He he just isn't. He's and it's that's that's kind of what Luka Doncic looks like right now. And it, it, I I just hate the idea that you know he laughs after every bucket he makes, and he just smiles and he's all. It's just like, dude, play some defense, and choose when to shoot. Mm-hmm. Like like if you can work on that, like you have some raw talent to become one of the best players in the game, and it's it just doesn't seem like. Some sometimes it doesn't seem like the effort, and sometimes it just is there. And sometimes he just he doesn't he doesn't make the the right decisions, <clears throat> shot selection. But I mean, I completely get that. But who else is going to have to do the shot creating for Dallas? Who else can do it at his level? I mean, with those bad shots that he took, it took him all the way to the Western Conference Finals versus undoubtedly the best team in the Western Conference. Remember. Luca knocked down the number one seed 
the best team in the entire NBA. Franchise record winning Phoenix Suns. Almost yeah. fully healthy. Fully healthy. Took him I, all by himself with those bad shots, but I get where you're coming from. He does take some shots that raises a few eyebrows, but mm-hmm. who else is going to do it? I who mean, else? look, look. I mean, we look at guys like you know, like really good three point shooters like Dame Willard and Steph Curry. They don't just jack up threes or mid rangers any time they want. They they select if they're in double coverage, they're not just going to just go. Oh yeah, you know, just like all random. Luca does, and that's an issue. Yeah, I just in like the yeah that he has gotten he does deserve credit for getting this far because that is really tough to do as a young player and bl- being the only you know legitimate star player on your team, but I mean that Phoenix Suns team is slightly fraudulent, just slightly. A no, no, they're not slightly bit. fraudulent. They are fraudulent. I'm yeah. sorry, Devin Booker. I, I, I guess I, I, I guess I was trying to be NBA. a little. I was just trying to be nice, but um, no, 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 they're fraudulent. Uh, Devin Booker did not deserve first team on NBA, and Chris Paul will never win a ring because he always chokes. DeAndre, I think it's sad that DeAndre <clears throat> does not want to be in that situation that he is. The fact that he does want a max contract. Apparently, Phoenix just haven't given it to him yet, and now the Hawks are in the sweepstakes to get him. Trade Clint Capella for him. Yeah, I would. If I'm eight and I'm, I'm getting out. Yeah, and it, it like the clock is tick clock is ticking with Chris Paul. It, he's that was his last kick of the can, and it's it's sad that he never won a ring. But uh, Devin Booker just does not look like the star player that that people thought he was going to be early on in his career. I know there was that what seventy one point game that he had where against the Celtics, where people Which he were like, lost. Wow, wow, what a game! And like. Oh. He'll he'll be a he'll be a high a high volume scorer, but I just I just don't. It left a very poor taste in my mouth seeing that one game, uh, that one game that one game. It was the elimination game against Milwaukee in the NBA Finals. He he puked all over himself, and I just he, can't unsee it anymore. Mm-hmm. He was just not passing the ball and just shooting everything. That's he was one. basically like Luka Doncic on an off night. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, Luka. Luka Doncic assists more than Booker, though. I love Luka. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Luka's oh, okay. a triple bubble machine. Rebounds. Not only can Booker not be bothered to play defense, he doesn't assist either. All right. I, well, I, just do we... remember, I just remember that one video of Booker complaining about double teams and open runs, and here he's getting double teamed in the mm-hmm. playoffs, and he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have said it. Uh, <laughs> do you guys have any other thoughts before we end the show here today? Nope. Celtics right, in seven forever. In seven, no, no, seven. So you, so you no, don't, no, you have I them meant, losing the on Friday. No, 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 no. Celtics in six versus the Heat, but Celtics in seven in the NBA Finals. The Warriors are here to play, and I think right now, realistically, they are the front runners for the championship. But the Celtics are right under them, and I think they are gonna, they are gonna put up a fight. Oh like, yeah, as they deserve to be. The Celtics are this Celtics team before we ended up is one of the most inspiring teams I've seen as a Celtics fan, given our start of the season and given how incredible we have been rising throughout the games this year. Given our no expectations too. This team fights and they have heart and I can't wait for games for game six. I just hope they actually win it. Uh, All right. Well, actually hang on. I wanted to get into one, uh, one last, one last thing. Um, And I forgot 
uh, to mention it. Uh, we had another fan box response that I wasn't able to get get to on our Tuesday episode, saying the Saints, talking about the Saints, how they are a how they are a team that we uh, that were real that are uh, that has been really not talked about very much. Um, and I'll get into I'll pull up the response here. Um, uh, Saints, Saints, hands down, as the most underrated team. That was our fan box question. Most underrated team going into this season. Saints, hands down, improved on both sides of the ball in areas of need. They have. And nobody talks about how they added Tyron Matthew and how they added added a replacement for Taron Armstead. Uh, and they still have a great defense. That's a team that it that is very underrated that everybody's overlooking. And it looks like everybody just dismissed them as just a team that's just not going to go to the playoffs. They have Jameis Winston as, as their quarterback. They don't have any weapons. Well, now they just added two weapons, and they have Michael Thomas coming back. And they have they still have Alma's, Alvin Kamara. They have a good they have a good defense. They have a good offensive line. They and just everywhere they have a great they. I think I think that's a team that can make the playoffs. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays on at 7:30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.